Coming up here at Circle Debate Podcast, episode 45, part one. And ladies and gentlemen, as we go ahead and recap AEW's revolution that we just saw this past weekend. And of course, Dr. Mr. Callis here was, ah! and we'll explain why. And also, we will recap AEW's Dynamite this past week, AEW News as well for part one. And in part two, we'll go ahead and discuss New Japan News, the update on the J-Cup, and the, up- the update for J-Cup USA. And also, we'll discuss this past week's NXT. New titles? What's going on here? And new champions already. So, don't go anywhere as episode 45, part one, starts right now. Welcome everyone to the Circle of the Bay podcast, but it's not also a Circle of the Bay, so make sure you turn your attention to uh-huh. Titan Tron, ladies and gentlemen. It's a square of debate. A square of debate. There you in go. The, in the Titan Tron. This is the biggest one I have to see here with my brothers from the Mothers, the Faction, the West Side, West to West West. Generation to Generation West. Generation, generation West. Generation West. <laughs> 30 Heels podcast. Shout out to my brothers. The League of Australian podcast. Somebody who is the director and director, the one and only, Chris Kennedy with the 3D glasses. Dude, bro, back in 3D. The top, that is right. And also, we have the calluses of all calluses. Um, I don't know where he's gone. Oh, there he is. There they are. Uh, there they are. He's not allowed to do the voice without the glasses, or we don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but, uh, <laughs> if, that's, if that's what it is, if the soul remains in the glasses. But, you know, come here with an empty cup. Be prepared for what I'm about to show you, of course, is what I've said. You're getting better. You're getting better at it in this treatment. Come with an empty cup when you listen to Circle of Debate podcast. Have your mind open to what, what we're about to show you. you know, I, I, there's something, something you said last night on Dynamite, and I'll get to it when we get there. But every Of course, week. we took it away. We took it away from you, Eddie Kingston. We Every week, there's you. a line of the night that's spoken on AEW. Every week, there's like a crazy good line. And there's <laughs> one that you laid down <laughs> last night, bro. We took it away. I See, can't wait to Penny, bring it up, dude. It's so took crazy. it away. So the God of professional wrestling took it away from you. <laughs> we make. We don't make a podcast, Ivan. We make history. Oh, that's right. That is hello, hello, Anthony. I see you also possess glasses. Of <laughs> oh, <milk>. yes. <laughs> and as MGC Matthew Steamboat, ladies and gentlemen, all t- tonight we are, today, today, excuse me, we are joined. Yeah, whatever our, your viewing time zones are, it's all exactly. good. We're, we're not exactly we, live. We are joined by one of my brothers from another mother's from the League of Experience podcast. So make sure, ladies and gentlemen, you turn your head to the Titantron. And we're joining the host of the Titantron podcast, that is our brother Anthony. Hello, hello, hello. I am so glad to be on here finally. Um, Been watching all your episodes and really just wanted to come on here and especially with what we're about to be talking about, partake in the circle of debate. So I'm looking forward to it and let's get right down to business. That is right. And we are honored and privileged that you're joining us today. Man, much love for you, but I'm glad. Thank you. That goes right back. I appreciate you. 
What a weekend of sports, I would say. If you guys did catch our MMA episode. Like all of them, sports and sports entertainment. And Jesus sports entertainment, reasons. especially that. And then we, we just did a two-hour on the uh, UFC 259 yesterday or two days ago, man. Yeah, two days ago, definitely. Uh, so, AEW Revolution. Now it's time for you guys to hear our thoughts about it. So <laughs> go ahead and ask our guest, Mr. Anthony Tanichuan. Give us your thoughts overall throughout the pay-per-view. What are you graded out of 1 out of 10? What do you give it overall in the pay-per-view? What were your thoughts about it? Man. So, <laughs> I usually don't watch AEW pay-per-views like the full way through. I'll watch like the highlights and something. I've only watched two in my time of being a fan of AEW. One was Full Gear of last year, which was easily one of the best shows that I've seen. The other one was AEW Revolution of this year. Um, I can't say that it was a terrible show. You know, I, I gave it like a seven just because I wasn't feeling a lot of the matches. Um, I feel like, you know, there were a lot of matches that had some story going into them, but a lot of them really didn't. Um, and I felt like it wasn't really filler on the card, but it, it just felt like a lot of stuff that, you know, I was trying to get to the more intriguing stories and the intriguing matches. So it was kind of just dragging along. Um, you know, and we'll talk about some of those matches as we go along. But, you know, overall, I think it had some really great action, um, pretty good stories overall. Um, you know, there were some obvious blunders on the card, which, oh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> we'll get to those for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we'll, we'll talk all about the fire marshals, uh, you know, cutting down the budget a little bit. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, you know, overall, it was a pretty decent show. It wasn't the greatest show that I've ever seen. Like I said, I'll give it a seven, um, you know, around a six or a seven. But yeah, I mean, really we'll go good. more into, yeah, we'll go more into detail, but I just really wasn't feeling it, especially when you have like a big, you know, you don't really have a lot of AEW pay-per-views that you watch every year. It's not like they're putting out 12 a month. So I feel like these shows need to be a lot bigger. And I don't know, this one really just didn't deliver for me. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but. All right, well, I'm going to go with the director, the one and only. What are your thoughts overall before we even jump into some, some of the matches? Um, seven is generous for someone who, um, I don't know your reasons for not catching as many AEW pay-per-views. Maybe it's not interested in the brand or you just your timing or... A little oh. both, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, by far was not even double or nothing or all or, or all or nothing. It was definitely seven. Like I said, is generous. I would have, if I were to rate it, I'd say 5.5. 5. Um, I went into this at the go home show, the go home show last week with all the questions that we had lined up ready for our, all of the answers to be answered. And almost none of them were answered at revolution, but to be fair, a lot of them were answered the following dynamite, which we'll get into. Um, there were some angles that have hopefully finally ended that may not have overstayed their welcome, but just became less interesting. They should have been, uh, there's one particular angle that's still going that needs to be done with. And that's the Chuck Taylor, uh, Rusev, um, Miro, uh, Miro. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I brain part on that one. <laughs> that needs to be done with. And that needs to culminate in this. Uh, they're doing like a lumberjack match, but the lumberjacks are arcade machines. There's you can't top that as far as that storyline goes. That, that needs to be the end of it. Um, the Matt Hardy thing. Hopefully they moved on. Uh, they brought in. We'll talk about on Dynamite the new members of the Matt Hardy party, whatever the name of that clique is going on. Mm -hmm. um, 
the Adam Page Dark Order thing, still a big question mark on over it. Still a big, we don't know if he's in or if he's out, if he's going to be the new leader, if he's going to go against them, if they're going to go serious or keep doing this campy comedy ministry gimmick, which I'm kind of not into. I liked it when they were evil, messing things up, kind of just being the Dark Order, not the dark comedy gimmicks. Um, the cinematic match between Sting, Darby Allen, and then Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks, fantastic holy shit if, if anything can be said about what the wwe has done in the past couple of years is definitely set the precedent for cinematic matches we know that the boneyard match i think was match of the year somewhere i yeah. think the pwi and aew straight up stole that concept and that's fine because you get good ideas from good ideas um this was crazy this was like this was literally like watching the crow without the guns <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> you go back and watch the sense. um go back and watch the third act of the original Brandon Lee version of the Crow, of the Crow, um, the climactic scene where he's up in the window, they're playing my life with the thrill kill cult. How do you feel? I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook. That scene, he backflips, he's shooting th through the church, take out the guns. That's what that was. I, <laughs> I thought that, that was awesome. It was very nice. sting, very Darby Allen, the face paint. Mm -hmm. They doubled up the face paint. Darby did the coffin drop from 35 floors to the floor. Uh, pretty cool. Still has one question for me that was not covered or answered. We'll see what happens on the next Dynamite, um, whether or not Sting and Darby. I still think that can be a thing where Sting turns heel on Darby. Still think it's possible. <laughs> You're still, still hoping, hoping for that. You and Kofi are the only two that are hoping for that. I think, I'm I think honestly just, hoping for it, too. I think just it's a smart to move. To have something different. Yeah, I think it's a smart move. Um, I did say it was going to happen at Revolution. It didn't happen, but I still think it is possible. But they did not appear together. On the dynamite following, they Sting did talk about Darby Allen for a quick second, then he moved on to I forget what. Yeah. Um, right behind Matt, right there, we got Maki Ito and Britt Baker. We have a new uh, Ito Respect Army, which is uh, Maki, Britt, Nyla, Vicky Guerrero, and Rebel Don't Call Me Reba. Uh, the reason I call it the I Ito Respect Army is because they were all wearing black and red, they were the wolf pack. Uh, they all had matching outfits, so That's that was not a coincidence. Movie. You saw it on the dynamite following, they were working as a unit. Um, not a successful unit, but a unit nonetheless. Right. Um, that is a highlight right there. Um, what else can we talk about, man? Uh, I'm just going to run through the whole card, just get it out of the way, make it easy for you guys. Uh, okay, Scorpio, yeah, Scorpio Sky used to train with the guy. Now I, he's one of the best in the business. Um, super proud of him. Solid win. We'll talk about what happened at Dynamite, which I think everybody was waiting for and kind of expected. Um, what else we got? Yeah, the Kip Sabian thing, man. Kip Sabian had the best outfit of the year. Uh, Goddamn. His outfit was so fire that it makes me want to go back and wrestle just to rip off that outfit. His pants, it was like black and purple. Like, yeah. oh, my God. The homie is good. Uh, good sense of fashion for sure. Um, And Ray Phoenix beat uh, Jungle Boy in the six V6 trios tag team. Uh, it was a casino. It was a tag team. Yeah, battle it was like their battle so Ray royale. Phoenix, uh, Ray yeah. Phoenix and Pox, they got a title shot against... Uh, which we'll if if you on. don't, if you were a fan and you know Ray Phoenix, but you he's not in your list of favorite wrestlers, what he did at Revolution and then what he did to Matt Jackson on the following Dynamite, well, yep. yeah, elevated the shit out of him. Holy, I knew he could wrestle. I knew he was great. I've been following his career, but they are pushing him uh, to be a future star, maybe even a single star. Keep him in Death Triangle, but also keep him. Uh, solo right now because we know that his brother Pentagon is going after Cody, which is its own can of worms. I can't wait to get into. 
and then the main event. Uh, I didn't know the details of what happened. It was a great match. I want to say match. It was a great fight up until whatever happened happened. Anthony, you told me right now that the fire marshal literally just limited the amount of what could happen. Is that what apparently that's what Tony Khan? Uh, one of his excuses was was that uh, he literally said, "Well, the fire marshal can only let us do so much." Meanwhile, here's Cody Rhodes coming out with millions upon millions of fireworks a night. Yeah, so, it's a good point. <laughs> like the pyro itself is probably much more. I mean, I don't know if it's because it's thirty. There's like a regulation, like it has to be thirty feet away from the crowd, and the ring yeah. is you know only seven feet away from the crowd. That might have something to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, they obviously probably have different regulations than what WWE can do because they can obviously do the Shawn Michaels entrance and the Kane fire, which is right ringside. Man, they are trying to hide behind that as a botch, though. They're trying to write that into the storyline. And the only saving grace, and we'll get into it, was that Eddie Kingston promo on Dynamite, who is mm -hmm. the best mic man in the history of the business. There's a yes. running joke amongst podcasters right now is that Eddie Kingston does not know this is fake. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots from the hip. He, everything seems like it's bullet pointed, but improvised at the same time. And the way that Moxley knew to just chime in just enough to get some words in, but let Eddie run with it is the perfect dichotomy between the two. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that Moxley isn't gone like we thought. We thought he was going to go, you know, he might go home soon, take care of, you know, um, Renee, or that's her real name, right? Yeah, that's her real person. Right. Cool. Yeah. So if that's going to happen, it hasn't happened yet. We thought he was going to go out with literal with a bang and then go home, take care of his kid and wife, which is right. totally fair. Right. Um, yeah, they're trying to write that underwhelming major explosion into the storyline um they're doing the best they can if it was a legal issue not exactly their fault maybe they oversold it and under um expected what they could do i don't know how late in the game the fire marshal if that's what happened came in and said we need to take out 90 percent of these fireworks that might have been a day of thing if it's a true story um well, a lot of excuses were given that day, honestly. Like, it was a work, it was this, it was that. So who really knows the full story? But yeah. that was one of them. And honestly, I'm I'm kind of believing it a little bit just because of, you know, it, it's not like, you know, one side of the ring wasn't blown up or the fireworks didn't go off on a certain – like, from what I saw, it was fully around the ring. From, yeah, it was you know, a most secret sides. four little puffballs. They, yeah, yeah, so none of like them – half of them went big, half of them went small, like a botch. It was – Yeah, like they all went off. Yeah, yeah well, if that's what we want to call it, they all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I've got more dangerous fireworks down the street. Um, <laughs> it, it is the one setback. I don't even want to call it a setback. It is the one thing that people can harp on. It is kind of their tight, tightest world slide of AEW right now. Um, but to be fair, it is the one thing they have that people can't harp on and be like, "Oh, look at them! They don't. They did this blunder. This is their big botch." Like. No. Okay, they have one after like 16 months. Like, whoop the F and do, man. Like, it's not the gobbledygooker. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hector Guerrero was behind the fireworks the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It was me, Austin. It was me. Um, but overall, you said a seven. That's very generous. Uh, I think, you know, the 5.5 is cool. There have been definitely better. Um, rev rev there's, even the previous revolution was better. Yeah, uh, but when it gets dynamite, dynamite made up for a lot of what was left. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll get into that after we let Ivan and Matt talk about the revolution card as well. Well, I'm gonna let uh, Mr. MGC Flanders ah the buy-in. I know he, <laughs> I I messaged him and I'm like, okay, these went ape shit. I so, know 
I know you went crazy, but go ahead. My so apologies. somebody else posted this on Twitter. Someone I, else I sent posted... that to you right there. Someone else posted it. I didn't take no, it. No, no, not not the news of it, because I wa I watched it. But somebody else said this on Twitter about Maki Ito's appearance at Revolution. You know, everything, every other match could have been Judy Bagwell on a forklift, and I would still give Revolution a nine point five. What was what was the most recent one? Was it it was um, Chuck Taylor's mom in the van? That was, yeah. that was a new Judy Bagwell but, gimmick. Oh my god! But if every if every match on the Revolution card was Judy Bagwell on a forklift and Maki Ito was like still showed up, I'd still give it a nine point five. All just because right. Maki you. Ito alone alone uh, is is my reason for giving it a nine point five. <laughs> and you know I've got a, actually a very special name for the group because you were saying what the new Ito Respect Army. You know, I love the name. Respect Army is awesome, but I you love something better. That's from Bird. Japan. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what you call. It. And then the Neo Ito Respect Army is Maki Ito and Chris Brooks. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, another person. Like, I hope they look they, like Lady Baby. I love it. If you guys watch or listen to like uh, offshoots of like J Rock metal pop stuff, like Baby yeah, metal, Lady Baby, band called Lady Baby, where it's yeah. one idol and then a seven foot white dude with pigtails and a skirt it's chris brooks kind of has just like good. short. It's, just, it's hilarious he's got like short colored hair but chris brooks is said to be like he could be like the next kenny omega because he's like a foreigner in ddt who's really good and amazing at what he does you know he was tagging with maki he was the former ddt champion as well but this group i've an i've kind of like a play on words some kind of like undisputed era undisputed maki just because of Britt baker and and adam <laughs> cole <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maki Ito, baby, <laughs> baby. Oh you know? my god! And, and now, and now, Adam Cole's part of the. He's now either like a stepdad. He's like Otosan or something. You know, mm -hmm. to Maki Ito. He's, he's, he's part boy. of the. He's Maki's young boy. <laughs> yeah, he's Maki's young boy now. He's been adopted <laughs> into the family. Like I can't wait to see Britt Baker, Maki Ito, and Adam Cole like. All eating at a restaurant together and just joking. Around. <laughs> Adam Cole is elite. <laughs> Adam Cole. Adam Cole is Ito. <laughs> so this is this is a big moment for J-pop music, though, being heard on an, on an American programming because for a while, especially live performance. Yeah, she both her own whole the whole song. Yeah, and it's 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 by her group uh, Toki Wokuru, and their Toki Wokuru is from Fukuoka, Japan. So I was kind of hoping, wanna, like you want to, you want to move there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping in the coming. I, listen, weeks, I pay attention to my brothers. <laughs> in, I'm hoping in the coming week, coming weeks, that they actually announce Maki Ito as cut from Fukuoka and kind of putting that because they because Justin Roberts always announced Rihos from Shinagawa City, and then you know with Yuka Sakazaki at Southtown, and I forgot what city that that uh, Rio Mizunami is from. She's amazing. I kind of one of the things I hope they do with Rio Mizunami is the bring her in on one of those like if she's gonna go over, I want her to like her to come on one of those decorated Japanese trucks that lights up with all the all the sparklers and stuff like that. Just bring well, in more of that. Get to your head itself on sparklers in AEW. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. <laughs> we took. You're expecting an eruption. You see, we what we do is we take things away from you. We take it away from you. We we have an eruption. You were we made you look like idiots, Eddie. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but I can't wait to get into that. It's it's you know like we'll get into that when we talk about dynamite. So 
Are we gonna go Ivan? Yeah, but, are we gonna go match by match, or are we? Just no, well, right Ivan. Now? I want Ivan to talk about Revolution, and then there's one more thing I want to bring up about Revolution, then we can move on. But let Ivan. Yeah. Take it away, brother. <laughs> I don't want to forget the host. Someone's got to host the host. Uh, I'm just letting you guys speak, man. I mean, I love to hear you guys, anyways. So I mean, I love it. Um, no worries, man. But you're important as well. I promise. <laughs> but look, overall, this pay per view, I have to give it um. I'll give it like a, a fair a fair eight. Why? Because the end <laughs> the highest score out of all of us is the fair. No, one. I gave it a nine. No, he gave it. Matt, Matt gave, gave it a nine. But Matt nine percent, ninety percent of that was Maki, and that's exactly. That's and that yeah, was that's all card. is the opening shot. I didn't even know that they did like well, Maki. A, uh, Maki showed up for the real Musanami to do a run in, and she was by right, 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 right. Yeah. So she did get she did get screen time, yeah. which I loved. Yeah, no. she did. But like I said, the fact is, obviously, the ending was horrible. So that's that's the only thing. I like the fact how and they... just the last, like, two minutes. The match itself was fucking fire. Like, oh, no, yeah, yeah. The, match the women's mm -hmm. match is more than enough to, like, really... I'd say Hikaru Shida and Ryo Mizunami, that's, like, a New Japan, like, level, you know, level of, like, long, like, like strong-style match with a lot yeah. of great spots. Right. You know, that's, that, that's more, like... That's, like... That's more than enough for, for it to go over. Like... Like along with um along with like one or two of the other matches on the card, I wasn't really that crazy on, about like Orange Cassidy and um yeah and Miro. I, that was, I did yeah. not care for that at all. Yeah, but it's, you, it's you mentioned it's it's worse. Yeah, for sure. you mentioned uh the Rio Mizunami match, and it was like I was trying to get into it the whole time, but I just didn't feel like they had enough story for what was presented. The thing is, they did. They had a huge story going in. It's just they didn't present it properly. If they had another week to really tell the story between the two, I had no idea of anything that happened between them until I watched the buy-in and I saw the high package. There was a whole story that, like, mm -hmm. has gone over years that yeah, no one exactly. really knew about. So, you know, to really see this, and they didn't really play into that as much as they could have in the match. I don't know. I couldn't really get into it. I thought the match itself was good. I think it was a slow build into a pretty good finish overall. But I, I don't know. I just wasn't getting into it just because I didn't know of the history behind it. And that's why, like, you know, story in wrestling is so important. Because you could have the greatest match in the world. But if there's nothing to care about, then why should we be caring about it? You know yeah, what I mean? I guess so. they, they could have shown some like past clips with Ryo yeah. and Hikaru, you know, with their past matches together, mm -hmm. you know, granted Maki, the thing Maki, with, um, with Maki, the Maki and Thunder Rosa feud. They only briefly mentioned it when mm -hmm. during you know, the spoiler match. alert, Thunder Rosa pinned Maki and they go, Oh, by the way, uh, Thunder Rosa beat her a year ago. I'm like the casuals or the new people, not even casuals. The active fans who just aren't in on the West or the Eastern culture of wrestling don't know that. And maybe they should, or, you know, I don't, because they are definitely continuing the storyline. It, it was a big, like, emotional match where Maki was crying and her hair was, like, undone. Like, I've never been defeated like this before, you know, and now she's getting her payback. And I'm, it did I'm not. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go we'll get into that. But yeah, like, overall, okay. like, I did, that's why I give it fair. It's a fair, you know, eight. The fact because it's the ending part. Overall, I do agree with you, Andy, about that storyline with the women's championship. That does make sense because there's no build up to it. It wasn't a hype to it. So a lot of the viewers in the states, especially, are not familiar with you know Rima Mizunami. 
only until upon this tournament and prior last year before. So they're not really familiar with this plot. What's the story about? So right. that's very understandable. I agree with you 100% on that one. That's where they kind of messed up on that, on the women's side, most definitely. Um, all, all kudos that they're bringing them in. So that's a also right oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, story, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the storyline, yeah. like, the storylines exist, and that's why they're putting these matches together. Yeah. So it's, they're bringing also, the storyline over, but they're not talking about it. It's like mm -hmm. bringing the thread without the sweater. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing as well that, yeah, obviously, we did see Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky winning uh, the brass ring, okay? That's a throw-off. The, the Sonic the Hedgehog ring. <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out. That was like a straight towards WWE, towards Vince McMahon. Vince. Brass ring. Yeah. Brass ring. So, I mean, um, that's like what I got to like, okay. They're great. not belts. Belts hold up your pants. They're, they're titles, you see. <laughs> yeah, it's not, a, it's not a match or whatever the fuck the rules are. I, okay. I read the whole script about what not to say. But um, here's, the, here's the other two things I want to go ahead and touch bases on. Because we, I'm going to go ahead and move as forward as possible. Now, within that pay-per-view, we had two appearances. Now, on the ladder match, a lot of people... We said it last week as well. We all thought it would be Rob Van Dam. Even Anthony and I said that. I'd well. stick by my what I wanted. What I wanted yeah. didn't happen, and it didn't happen hard. And I was just wishful thinking. I don't know if Anthony oh. saw my prediction, but it was supposed to be the two signees. One was Hall of Fame worthy, and the other, they just didn't say what it was. It was supposed to be, in my opinion, they didn't do it. Zelina Vega, or um, Thea Trinidad comes out. She goes, I'm the new signee, but I'm not the Hall of Famer. Do 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 do. Alistair Black comes out. He's in the ladder match. <laughs> Damn, that would have been. <laughs> that would have been the sweetest fucking thing of all time. I my predictions and my are, are mostly fan fictions <laughs> and wishful thinking to the umpt degree. But if those were the two signees, I would have been pretty stoked. But I'm that would have been great. But so I want to go ahead and just talk about. Let's let's touch with Ethan Page first. The ego. I'll, just so I'll, I'll go back to you, Anthony. What are your thoughts, and what do you see his future now that he's fully signed with AEW? I mean, I think he's, you know, it's not like a groundbreaking announcement or anything. I think it's Ethan yeah, Page. Yeah, there's no, there no holy shits out of that at all. Yeah, I think for both signings, and we'll get to the, you know, Hall of Fame-worthy signing, I think they hyped it up a lot. And, you know, when you hype it up to that degree, you have to deliver. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this was a safe pick overall. Um, but I think it was a safe pick in a way that it was a still a really good pick. I think Ethan Page is perfect for AEW, you know, regardless of what he does. Um, wish he would have been showcased a little more in the latter match and wish he would have been showcased a little better on Dynamite. But uh, defense, defense yeah. uh, in the crowd. But yeah. what are you going to do over that? But um, yeah, I just wish, you know wish he would have been presented a little bit better but i i like the signing i think ethan page like i said fits perfectly um what they'll do with him i couldn't tell you i mean yeah. they're bringing him right now it seems like are they booking him as a face or a heel i i don't really know it's probably just a like, feeling out process right now getting cheered because he's new you know yeah, that's so that's, that's a that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll you know they should keep him heel, uh, just because obviously he does his best work when he's heel, yes. um, and not to fall in the trap of turning him face because the fans like him, you know, just Definitely. you know better better off just keeping him a heel. Um, I think he'll be solid in the mid card, you know, ch maybe challenge Darby. Um, yeah, I don't see him anywhere near like the world title unless they book him properly to be in the world title picture. Um, but yeah, he's a good presence overall. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, get 
put on dark, like a lot of the signings that we hoped for uh, to be a little bit more. And instead, now we're seeing them on Tuesdays. Um, but, you know, I think the future is bright for him. So it's still very early to really say where he's going to go from here. But as far as I'm concerned right now, I'm perfectly fine with Ethan Page. Awesome. Definitely. I agree with you because as long as he doesn't bring that karate kid, no. Oh, we don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't bring that that's the reason why he left Impact in the first place, not resigned. Exactly. With him because of that reason. <laughs> it is an unfortunate that, you know, the breakup between him and his former partner, the Norse, they were a great tag team. I, I wanted to see them in FTR, but it's fine, you know, everybody. You, you still could, you still have it because, you know, cross promotion, Impact, AEW, why not? Yeah. That's an So you got MGC. Ethan Page, talk to me, David. I think it's just like what you do with the microphone is really, you know, uh, what what I want for like more people with AEW. I'm always I'm always going to ask this of just about everybody is more microphone time. You know, that's really, you know, with the recent episode of Dynamite that we'll get into, I did get what I want from microphone time. But you know, we we definitely need more. But Ethan, you know, Ethan Ethan, as long as he gives more microphone time, because I could see like. I don't think he's British, but he kind of gives the vibe of like a, a, a snobby British guy, kind of. I like that kind of, I think we need that kind of like snobby British soccer player douchebag to kind of like go up against, you know, some really cool like ninja. You it reminds know. me of like before like Big Papa Pump style Steiners, like the varsity varsity style. Yeah, like a little bit of that. You good or heel, if that makes any sense. Like the. Like I'm really good at stuff, so that makes me the bad guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You're, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. So, CK1, go ahead. I mean, that's pretty much it. You, with the yeah. Ethan Page thing, uh, I don't think if you looked at any podcast or review show or preview show or prediction show, he was on their list. Obviously, well, no, George McKay got it right. George, oh McKay's, my fucking Christ, are you serious? Right, straight talk wrestling. He's so good, dude. Him and, him and his daughter, the mini host, they got it right. They guessed Ethan Page in the ladder match. So they got I it. did have him as one of my predictions, but I also said RVD as like my safe pick because I really wanted to see the whole fucking show. But Me you know, too, yeah. <laughs> RVD is great with ladder matches. He, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, RVD is great with everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's RVD. <laughs> um, he's one of those wrestlers. He's a wrestler. He's like a hardcore wrestler. He's a wrestler or fan. Like, he's not a, a casual. I don't I want to say casuals. I don't mean that in the MMA sense where it's like an armchair quarterback who's like, you should have gone for a head kick. I'm eating Cheetos. Mm -hmm. Not that. I mean, like, just people that just don't pay as much attention as we do. Right. If you don't pay that much attention, you don't know who Ethan Page is. Mm -hmm. You probably don't even know what impact is anymore because you're like, that's still a thing? What happened to TNA? Um, <laughs> so him to come over, there wasn't a holy shit moment, but it was a safe bet. He is a consummate performer. Uh, you're going to get quality matches out of him. I don't know, like what um, Anthony said, I don't know where they're going to put him, who he's going to feud with, definitely mid-card. Um, if, he, if he's a heel, maybe have him go against, like, Dustin Runnels for a little bit or something like that, you know. Someone who he can beat but not squash. Um, someone who can maybe even carry him a little bit with experience. Um there's a lot of places he can go right now if he goes heel. If there's, a, there's a lot of places he can go if he goes face, too. Um, we'll get to it, like the Scorpion Sky thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but he's definitely going to be sitting, hopefully, like, if uh, if an AW Dynamite card is broken up into 50-50%, like, you know, 30 minutes and 30 minutes, he's sitting somewhere at the 27 mark. Yeah. He's going to be right mm -hmm. under the halfway mark for now before he breaks into the 45-minute, but not, like Anthony said, going heavyweight title anytime soon. No. Um, exactly. we, already knew we got we got like two people lined up for that already, which is good. Yeah. 
yeah. there's like a year storyline before we probably even get a new champ. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, just the one thing that I do like about the Ethan Page signing is that although we don't know where he's going to fit in, you know, face heel, he could really do anything. Like he has just that presence about him that he he's just a natural at this, and also he has the look. So you know, he's good on TV. And for a casual fan, you know, when you see someone like Ethan Page that he has that presence about him and he just has the physique of like a wrestler, you know, you can get behind him as either a heel or a face. You want to cheer him, you want to boo him, however they present him. So I think this is a really good signing for them. It's just what they do with him and how they go forward with him. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Even, even though Tony Khan and his family, with all due respect, have all the money in the world, mm -hmm. this is a safe financial investment. This isn't the Brock money or the CM Punk money. No. And then right. it fails and then they're out, you know, seven digits yeah. or more, God willing. Um, this we... is financially a safe bet, but yeah. also will probably pay off on a longer timeline when they settle we... where he's going to land. Are we going to talk about uh, Christian Cage, or are we going to go yeah, with something well, else first? That's, that's, that's actually going to happen right now. That's what I'm going to do right now. <laughs> but before we actually mention uh, Christian Cage, I just want to say about Ethan Page. I've seen him live perform before. Seen him in you know met him in person. He's a great athlete. He is underrated in my opinion. He did bring a lot towards Impact, especially as a tag team. So this future is going to be bright. And like Anthony said, agreed. He's he can do anything he wants right now. And right now it's. A, fresh start and you have the creativity that you have to you they you're able to control and just go anywhere you want with it and run with yeah. it yeah diversity yeah, yeah. The, precisely now yes christian cage everybody thought well, i mean Anthony, i did say brock lesnar i said it last <laughs> week i said brock lesnar damn it Tony I just kept Khan. saying it to try to speak it into existence, but destiny. Exactly. There you go. Right? But it was Christian Cage. And I want to go. Was, on, was he on anybody's prediction list? No. I think I actually, you know, because well, I wasn't sure what the WWE situation was. Yeah. But uh Ivan, may I? Floor's yours. All right. So I think the biggest thing I'll say overall is, you know, because of you know, Chris, that's why I asked you about, like, the cardio of Brock Lesnar. Just the whole him, the, them talking about him getting blown up and, and not wanting to do long matches. Right. Overall, I'd say you get better quality matches out of Christian Cage than you do Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock's too much of, like, that that finish spamming matches between uh, Drew yeah. McIntyre and Brock was... But where that matters is when it comes down to the money coming in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... More people are absolutely going to tune in to watch a two-minute squash match with Brock than a 15-minute legend match with Christian. Yeah, exactly. That, those are just facts. Yeah. Now, whether or not that's what the fans want or what AEW wants for their product comes down to, well, they obviously have Christian now. Which but what what it comes what it comes down to is is I mean it's going to alienate a lot of like Kenny's fans for something like that if it's going to be Kenny versus Kenny uh, Kenny uh, jobbing to to Brock or something like that. Or yeah, you could see yeah, if if it's like Kenny Omega jobbing to Brock, or you know Brock wanting you know, let me think of what else. Like it, it's not, it wouldn't be a good return on investment because the you might get something like that. Or, Brock uh, smashing Wardlow. That's my finisher, girl. Yeah, all, no, a lot of other things. But I don't think you would have gotten that though because after yeah, we did, we did discuss this when we went live. See. That will have to change. And Mike right. said it too last week. It can't be that, oh, the Beast Incarnated, like you had a WWE run in AEW. No, you're going to lose some matches. You're not exactly. going to be a powerhouse. 
No, you're going to respect I think if they want him to sign on the dotted line, they're going to do whatever the F he says. That is true, too. But you also have to think, you know, don't really undersell Brock Lesnar in the ring. We've seen just recently matches with Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. He could go in the ring. So I just don't think he he would fit. He lost most, almost more than half of his last, I'd say. Yeah, the last few WrestleManias he's lost in title matches. Mm Mm-hmm. So. I just don't think he would have fit in the roster. Like, you know, I think it's better off for WWE because you have stars there that they could go up against Brock and they could actually, you know, not really. Realistically beat him. Yeah, realistically beat him. You know, I wouldn't, re- I would love to see like Kenny Omega versus Brock Lesnar. But like, if you were to tell a casual fan, who would you pick between these two? Who do you think they're going to go with? Yeah. So, I mean. I, I, I think the, the other, I don't know enough about how Brock works in terms like, because Christian's known for being a very safe like smooth worker like somebody who like who who you could trust it like if you're an injured person you could wrestle him yeah that's that's where i learned the whole you know him christian having this like being a loose worker handshake type thing that is a real thing mm -hmm. i brought that up with slice boogie and he didn't know what i was talking about and i'm not saying that he doesn't know what i'm talking about i think some people use it some within certain cultures or circles of pro wrestling backstage etiquette Mm-hmm. The, the, hey, my name's Chris. We're going to be wrestling tonight. The firmer, the hard, the handshake, the stiffer the match, the looser the handshake, the more relaxed the match. I was taught that, and I've been scared shitless ever since to make sure not to have a stiff handshake. So, um, but but so when true. I brought it up to another, you know, indie wrestler, it definitely has to be, I think, certain circles, certain glitches. Chris, I bring that up because, like, I, I guess it could be a negative return on investment if Brock injures some of the some of the roster in the process. So it's like he's not really known to do. I mean, he hurts himself more. I mean, obviously that shooting star press, the Randy Orton thing was a was a work, which is right. insane that Randy probably took a fat stack of cash just to say yes to that. I'm pretty sure he got paid an extra bonus for that. I, I don't understand mm-hmm. why he's suggested that, but it but, is what yeah. it is. So, I, thing, but yeah, as far as injuries go, Brock isn't Ryback. There, mm-hmm. right. I said it. All right. <laughs> that's, that's good. So overall, like Christian. What I'm, what I'm getting is that Christian and Kenny could have a, a very great classic match just because, you know, these are two great workers from Canada, you know. And, and yes, you know, his cardio is, if I used his MMA career, which I'm very well, you know, familiar with, yeah. it's yeah. good. His cardio is fine. It's never, he's never lost because he's gassed. Um, whether or not that translates into pro wrestling ring, probably. Um, I think when he does look gassed or tired, it's obviously just a work. Like when The Undertaker limped out of WrestleMania and fell right before he got to the gorilla position. Everyone was like, oh, no, he's Undertaker's old. He's falling apart. He should retire. Like, no, that's a work, bro. It's like, more, yeah. yeah what do you Prote- think? Protecting he dropped, like, he dropped to one knee, like one foot before the darkness. That was on purpose. So, right. yeah. Right. But to go the speed of Kenny Omega, yeah, I think Kenny can slow it down a little bit. Like, Kenny can go from 10 to 7, and Brock can go from 5 to 6, and that'd be a fine pace. See, I've been I've seen what Kenny did with does with Moxley in in just like regular wrestling matches and telling the story. I like I like somebody who could help Kenny make like create something classes. I I think they could get a really good high quality match overall. Him and Christian and and it's like you know I think those are Kenny facing any of the recent Canadian greats would be you know good ones to cross off you know the bucket list. You know I don't know if Edge. How Edge is going to be doing in a little bit, but you know, yeah. And since, since we're on that subject of, uh, we now know that it is absolutely Kenny and Christian having a feud um, for the belt right off the bat. When they announced that it was Christian Cage, again, it wasn't an oh shit moment per se. It was 
an oh shit moment because okay they got a huge name who we just saw just a couple months ago in, in wwe yeah um and christian is a great worker his shirt is outworked everyone that's awesome he definitely grinded his way to get to that title i mean he was definitely edgy sidekick for 15 years even in the indies um having to work against vince's preconceived notions about him who which is the reason he didn't like christian is beyond fucked up um but when I, I, I I'm not int- I, I didn't go. Oh wow, that's gonna be a lot of crazy matches with the AEW roster. I wasn't thinking immediately of who would be cool, or like I didn't think of Christian's in-ring abilities as something that excited me. Um, especially against Kenny Omega, I never once ever fantasized about a Kenny Christian match. You know what I'm saying? Like I fantasized about Kenny and AJ again, Kenny and Finn, Kenny and Brock would have been kind of crazy, but Christian's name never came up as someone who I thought could do that so it's going to be really interesting to see his pace against someone like kenny and i'm not trying to underestimate christian at all because obviously he's a world champion against some of the best in the world mm-hmm. but i've never put him as someone who could do anything better than a five or six star out of ten out of five or six out of ten star match mm-hmm. yeah. all right anthony your thoughts about christian uh well i was watching it getting ready for you know whoever was going to come out and, you know, I, I, I didn't really know who to expect at this point. It was probably either going to be like Kurt or, you know, someone around that level. And then I see Christian Cage on the Titantron. And all I hear in the back of my head is Todd Grisham just saying, it's Christian. <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of the vibe I was getting. But then you know, it kind of just fell into play. Like, you know, it, it is Christian. Like it's, it's not like a huge signing that a lot of people were really hoping for. Like, you know, we mentioned Brock, a lot of people were throwing out crazy fucking ideas like punk Cena. I was like, yeah, it, those, it's not Cena and punk with the rock was definitely a forefront. And yeah. Like, a lot of people I just like, didn't oh. understand it. My two picks were Kurt and Christian just because those were as big of, uh, you know, Hall of Fame worthy uh, caliber people that you could get uh, without going too crazy. So I also thought it would, I, it would be Paul White himself. Would, was yeah. it going to be in the ladder match? That's what yeah. I was I was a little nervous that Paul White was going to be the uh, the Hall of Fame signing. Just that I felt like that was something that they would do. Oh, he's the heel commentator on Elevation. Remember, he debuted. He debuted in in WWE in a ladder match. Oh yeah, that is very the, true. Austin off the top and yeah. No, it was a cage well, match. Well, no, that was a cage, cage match. match. Came that, through the yeah. St. Valentine's okay. Day Massacre. Yeah, he, right. threw, he threw him to the cage, and then he... Uh... Yeah, but, but it was um, still awesome, right? It was like he was Vince's henchman? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, Anthony, I, I won't rule out Cena. I don't know if you saw the episode where I kind of, like, draw the parallels. I did, yeah. and that was a stretch. I mean, it was, it was a good stretch, but it was a stretch. Um, Cena is... He's a WWE guy. Like, I know that term is loose now after Paul White, but, like, I feel like there's a there's a difference there. Cena's been the face of the company for, like, who knows how long now. So, you know, there's a little bit of a I difference. Mean, Hulk was the face of the company, but then again, there wasn't, like, a steroid scandal. Yeah. Again, that's, like, the other thing because of the steroid scandal in 95. Right the fourth wall there, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but what? whatever was going on in in you know around the time of john cena leaving because i mean him and him and uh vince are still pretty you know chummy yeah. from what from Ooh, what cena i hear and vince or Hogan and vince? cena and vince 
But you know, yeah, what, I, never, what, I never thought they were an option. Um, what what Cornette says about Vince is that he, you know, he's okay with anybody want what like a prodigal son, like no matter how badly they screw him over, because mm-hmm. he have, has an inferiority complex. Like, come home to daddy. It's okay, dude. Even Brett came back, and I still what the f. Come home to daddy, Brett. It's okay. Have a brownie. That was one of the have weird. a brownie. Oh, all our family came back. It's like Jesus Christ. Come back. I started to... watching wrestling around the time that Bret Hart came back. And that was around, like, you know, I started watching, like, 2009, 2010. I had no idea how impactful that was. And it's like, now I look at it 10 years later, I'm like, fucking Bret Hart came back to this guy? Oh, yeah. my God. But, um, sorry, getting back on the Christian topic, um, you know, I'm okay with it. I think, like I said, it was as big of a signing that you could get. And once I saw Kurt Angle post that video on his Twitter, I was like, okay, well, it's not him. So I think, you know, I didn't really have any other predictions at that point. I figured he was, it was either going to be Christian or it was going to be a troll by uh, Paul White. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think Christian is the perfect guy for this spot just because he is the type of guy that fits in almost perfectly with this roster. Um, you know, it'll give a rub to other guys that he puts over or has matches with. Um, he's going to have good matches with other people. Uh, I don't know if putting him in the match with Kenny right away is the way to go. Um, just because, you know, I take that logic from WWE and I have to apply it here. Bringing a part-timer in for a championship match right off the bat is a little bit not my, you know, cup of tea, if you will. Uh, but it's that's not to say that it's not going to be a good match. It's obviously going to be at least four stars, uh, three and a half to four, depending on how, you know, with everything with Christian stamina and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be a good run for him. Uh, I'm happy that he's getting this final run to really, you know, just put him at a, a spot where he's happy to whenever he retires, ultimately he'll have a good final run with AEW. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you could do with him. And as long as, you know, he's up for it, then, the possibility the possibilities are endless for him so i don't know what exactly they're going to do with him i guess you know maybe putting him with kenny was a smart idea but i just don't really like it right now uh we're just gonna have to wait to see on it but i'm cool with it i i couldn't think of anyone else so i was like christian that's fine i I also like the whole idea of outworking everyone that's a cool little t-shirt there and so I'm I'm cool yeah. with it. I'm alright. Yeah, I think I think they're not going to give him Omega right away. I think Omega, in booking wise and in kayfabe wise, they're going to make him run the gauntlet. He might have to go through like Luke Gallows first, and maybe Carl Anderson. Like yeah. get through the Good Brothers and singles matches, show that he can win, take a beating or two with the pylon. Um, we might get another uh, debut just to face him before. Canada. Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. You no, know, so the one Jeff thing Cobb, Jeff Cobb yeah. kind of came in just to. Love, yeah, dude, I would, I, Jeff Cobb was one of my picks too. I was like, Jeff Cobb would have been rad. Oh, I would have loved to see Jeff Cobb. Oh my god! But the one thing that I didn't want them to do, and I don't want them to do with Christian, is do what they're doing with Sting. And I know it's different because Sting is not you know he can't go every week. But if they just keep bringing out Tony Schiavone to have <laughs> interviews with Christian. I'm going to switch to USA Network every fucking time because <laughs> it's the same thing over and over with Sting. Well, that's I won't on get Tuesday into it. Well, 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 I don't know now. You heard about still, the contract he's still negotiations. Gonna he's still going right. to switch. Well, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, he's coming in. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. Hold on. I need to get my mic ready because now he's going to kill me. <laughs> Do you hear me? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes. 
Okay. Yes, you, uh, yes, we can. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. He is yeah. a multi-time recording artist, a graduate from Cal State Dominguez Hills. I need a broomstick right now. <laughs> the 28th. Yes. I did that. I've already done that. LA oh, karaoke. Good, 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 good. <laughs> it's LA Karaoke World Champion. He lives 1,977,000 miles from Winnipeg, Minnesota, Canada. <laughs> he is the master disaster, the king of sting, the man with the plan. He is money, Mike. By God, <laughs> Lopez. By God, <laughs> That's the a mouthful for sure. Of podcasting. Right. Man amongst insects. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. But yes, the Christian topic very briefly. So oh. I'll go ahead and say then, Mike, you, you jump on in and just give your thoughts overall. Of revolution and Christian and Ethan Page. So I just want to get the Christian one out of my chest. Christian, uh, I was happy. I was okay with it. That was a safe pick, to be honest. And think about this now. If you're going to have Christian now feuding for the AEW world title, you also, and then you have Edge. Think about that. You have two best friends, two different organizations that are fighting for two different, you know, main championship, you know, caliber belts. It's amazing to see that. I'm happy for Christian. We all know the real reason why he went over there. A long-term future. He knows that though he, he'll be used, Vince won't use him. Vince will have nothing to use him at all. Probably he's an ambassador, and that's it. It gets squashed by Randy Orton, maybe most likely. Those are how big by Paul White went to in the first place. And it is an unfortunate. But like I said, overall, I'm very happy for Chris. I'm very happy for him. And then overall. I cannot wait to see what the future holds for, for Christian. And I'm, I believe he is going to put a quality, instant, classic, massive matches is what I feel. I think more gradual classic. I don't think the first match well, he has is going to be. Well, no. He, he, <laughs> he's, he's Mr. Instant Classic. He's coming back to like, you know, he came back with a TNA theme song days. So, yeah, he is able to go. He has, age is only a number. He's no, yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, like, I, I – he hasn't had a full match, and the Royal Rumble was kind of not I consider like a full match. But let him get his breath under him. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. he's doing the workouts with um, wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he's working out with Jerry Lynn, which would be smart. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, I don't think his classic is going to be his first match. I think it's going to be somewhere within six months of a year. It'll probably happen though, just not right away. Mm -hmm. Ivan, you mentioned the theme song though. Bringing in the TNA theme song was. Ooh, I'm yeah, so that I, that alone, I am happy to have Me Christian. Too. But I was really happy. I was really stoked. I was so happy about that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Money Mike take the floor very briefly about his overall thoughts about Revolution and these two um, appearances, debuts that occurred. Well, three because the one behind Mr. Matt Cattles over there. <laughs> that matters the most. That matters the most. I'll start with that one. I'll start with Maki Ito. Uh, totally unexpected. Um, it's not like uh, Christian where, you know, you heard rumblings that he could have been a possibility. This kind of, this came out of, as a complete surprise and uh, a welcome surprise to me because she is very entertaining. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have talked about Dynamite yet, but in her uh, introduction during Dynamite, we'll get into that. She, yeah. she, she started, she started singing the music cut off because there was action in the ring. But she kept on going and through the carnage. What's up, Alexa? She agrees, obviously, right? Uh, and uh, but yeah, so that was Makiito. 
so thumbs up on that. Uh, Ethan Page, I'm not too familiar with, to be honest. So uh, I look forward to seeing more of his in-ring skills and, and, and all that uh, in the next few months. Christian Cage, I'm part of a, a group on Facebook, AEW-related, and a lot of people complained about it, saying, oh, you know, um, you know, should have been a bigger name like Brock Lesnar or CM Punk or The Rock, right? But the problem with that is, that sure okay right you know bigger names oh, oh wow big surprise big pop right but th that it dies there it doesn't go beyond that Ooh. because Flash okay yes it, it, it that's it you know you're not gonna have these people every week john cena he's out there making movies yeah he, he's got fast nine to promote he's not gonna be an active member of the roster as much as you would want him to that's just not going to happen. WWE has been known to do the big moments and, you know, deliver something big, but it, it dies there. It's, that's, it's just, it's like, for example, uh, you know, uh, I can think of so many examples, but the moment that exists or the moment that shocks you and everything that follows that up falls completely flat. We've mm -hmm. seen it so, so many times done by WWE. So I'm glad that AEW did not do that. We can expect more from Christian. We can expect matches. I like that point of view. That is yeah, yes. For sure. That's a great point of view. So definitely, I am all for Christian Cage. I'm on board. And I definitely, definitely look forward to what, what happens next. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. All right. So because... Um... Mr. CK1 has a meeting in a couple of minutes, so he wants to give his thoughts overall of Dynamite, and then yeah. we'll go ahead and discuss it ourselves. I, I can make it cohesive while kind of – I got 11 minutes, so I can probably hammer some of this out pretty efficiently. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. So I have the card right here that kind of helps me out here. I don't know which one of these were first. I actually think the Matt Jackson Ray Phoenix match was first. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Goddamn, I said this just a second ago about Ray Phoenix from Revolution, and I'm going to say it again, man. If you were just a fan of Ray Phoenix but weren't really paying attention to him, he is starting to shine bright like a diamond in these singles matches. Uh, clean win over Matt Jackson. Um, hitting some crazy spots. Uh, I'll say this about the um, Scorpion Sky match, too, but they have no right to having these level of good matches on free TV or at least basic cable TV. These are... Uh, this match and the Scorpio Sky Darby Allen match were better than most of the matches on Revolution. Um, and I said earlier, Mike, that Revolution didn't answer a lot of questions I had, um, left something to be desired. But this Dynamite, in my opinion, it, it either made up for it or at least let, it satiated the craving I had that Revolution was supposed to, to, to fill. Um, they don't have a lightweight title. They don't have anything below the TNT title. So I don't know exactly where they're pushing Ray and Pentagon in these singles matches. I don't know what direction they're going to go. I still hope and think and fan fiction believe that they're going to do a trios title at some point because they are still sort of culminating series of three people teams like Lucha Underground did. You have Jungle um, uh, Lucha Jungle Express, whatever. Sorry, Jurassic Death Triangle. Death Triangle. We'll talk about what happened later in the main event. But there's a Dark Order. There's a lot of three of trios teams. There's no reason they can't make that a title thing. Mm -hmm. um, but with these singles matches, man, I think maybe they just want to try them out in singles and see what happens. 
Yeah. Um, can't wait to see Pentagon with versus Cody Rhodes. Holy shit, because Cody can go, man. People don't really talk much about how good Cody is. Um, the squash that he had against I don't even know who what his name was. I don't uh, even know you. I didn't catch his name. <laughs> beat him in twenty five seconds with a figure four. I don't know if that was some kind of statement or something like that. Yeah. Um, Cody can wrestle, and he's. I can't wait to see what happens in that Pentagon match. Um, what do we have next? We had. I don't know what order these are in. It's like a weekly matchup guide, so I'll just go in the order that they're written. The Darby Allen Scorpion Sky match. Scorpio Sky. I know his name. Wow. Uh, Scorpio lost. He lost almost cleanly. It was definitely a clean surprise roll-up. Uh, he was going for like some spinny shit into a small package. I thought that was a very clever way to get a surprise win for Darby, who was getting smoked in every corner, literally. That uh, baseball slide into a cutter was fantastic. The coffin drop into a power bomb was fantastic. And then we finally got the official Scorpio Sky heel turn. Uh, came after the match when he wouldn't release the hold. He looked at his hands like, what have I done? Oh, I like what I've done. I like that. Whether or not he separates from SCU, maybe. They might write something in the storyline where Daniels and Kazarian are like, hey, man, what are you doing? That's not like you, man. You should hang out with us. We think you're starting to lose focus. And he's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go for the title. I think that's probably what they're going to do. Um, do, do, do. Ethan Page and Lee Johnson was just a showcase for Ethan Page. Um, moving on to the women's six-woman match. Uh, we definitely have a click. We definitely have a new respect army between Baker, Ito, Rose, like I mentioned, uh, Vicky Guerrero, and Reba, Rebel. Can't wait to see where that goes. Maki Ito's already losing, though. That's like her second match in AEW. She's 0-2, so... I don't know if they're trying to just use her as a tool to build up like Rio and Thunder Rosa or what, but she needs to start winning if she's going to be relevant. Um, do, 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 do. Tony interviews Sting. Yeah, I don't know where Sting's going after this. A singles match versus Ricky Starks, maybe. That should probably be over with. That whole Sting, Darby, Cage. That need, yeah, Cage needs to move on to bigger opponents. Um, Lance Archer. Yeah, Lance Archer for sure. I love Jake the Snake, man. Jake the Snake just kind of right in the back, kind of just being a smart ass is fantastic. Um, yeah, because Christian Cage came in and essentially, in my opinion, took Cage's – well, fuck. First of all, when are we going to have Ethan Page and Adam Page versus Christian Cage and Brian Cage? Is that a thing? We're going to have a Cage versus Cage with Page in the corner in a cage match? In the Rage in a Cage match? In the Rage in a Cage, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to happen. We got, like, there's so many other things that you have the to involve in that. The redundancy of the names, man. These are yeah, all, because you like, need you need these are, names that you, these are names that you give your character and create a fighter or create a wrestler in the old SmackDown games. They're like the pre-listed ones where it'll the announcer will say the name if you pick it. And so Christian Cage. Brian, no, no, Chris, what I'm going to do is when I meet them, I'm going to have some sage spices and I'm going to take a picture of it like us holding the sage spice. Yeah, like, hey, Christian hope. Cage. I got I got sage for you, you know, yeah. and then I'll be dressed as a mage while I'm Seth Gargis. That's who uh, Cody jobbed out. Um, yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, we got the Chuck Taylor Orange Cassidy arcade match set up, a lumberjack match. That absolutely has to be the end of it. Yes. Um, that has to be like I don't know if it's a tag match, but Chuck's probably going to pin Kip. Um, that has to be the end of it. Yeah. We have the Butcher, the Bunny, and the Blade, who I love. In the Hardy Party, which now you have two tag teams under one umbrella. Now you're gonna have the private party. They're gonna not have an, they're gonna have issues with this because they're all going for the tag titles. Um, 
I don't I don't like it that much. I like Butcher and the Bunny in the Blade on their own thing. They're dark. They're kind of evil. And then you got like you know, Private Party. You're kind of fun loving, colorful. It's not. It's clash personalities. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I don't even know if I like the Money Matt Hardy gimmick. It's definitely taking over where Brody Lee left off, where he was kind of doing the Vince thing, kind of making fun of Vince. And this is kind of what I think they're kind of making fun of maybe even uh, Michael Hayes a little bit, the road agency of WWE's main roster. Mm, um, I like that. That's great analogy. But I yeah. hadn't thought about that. Okay. All right. And I think what we got left is – You already know. The inner city, the inner city, the inner city. The inner city. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I think most Greek was in uh, private party and I don't know, in, in Mike Lopez. <laughs> 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 um. Wow. Wow. Uh, I don't hate this. Uh, I don't love it, and I'll get into why I don't love it per se. I don't hate it. Um. I did think this whole time it was going to be what was happening. Um, but I thought it was going to be Sammy and MJF were in cahoots the whole time, and they were going to either take over Inner Circle or separate entirely and become a new heel faction by themselves. I thought the whole time it was going to be them because it was so obvious how much they hated each other. They were constantly at each other's throats. It was so obvious that they were going to double swerve. Uh, but MJF kind of had the cards laid out. Last week we talked about the – Sean Spears joining FTR with Tolly, and we talked about who's the fourth. We brought up names like I love Tully, uh, uh, um, Tessa Blanchard. That was my pick. That would have been so sick to have the first woman horsewoman. I don't know what I just said. I hope it sounded like it made sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I couldn't think of anyone else. Um, obviously, Arn Anderson came out a little bit at the end of last week and was like, four? Huh? Are we a thing? Could have been Cody. Cody might have done, you know, a heel turn, kind of joined. That would have been kind of cool. Instead, we got this big shift where MJF was running the whole show, and now he is the fourth person in this essentially elite horseman, I guess someone online had called it. They did not uh, refer Brother Bo from Dirty Heels. He's the one that – That's who it was. The elite horseman. The elite horseman, which Dirty I don't hate per se. Shout out to them. But the horsemen have always been about – respect and hard work before there i mean except for i mean rick flair to be honest is definitely a dick that's the character so i guess they're putting mgf in the flair position now that i say it out loud it makes sense uh but they've always been a little bit more respectful than the mjf character who's the greatest heel in the past 30 years um god rest in peace kurt hennig um i, I yeah this is this is it this is what it is it's the new horseman um with Tully who still is pulling off moves. He did the double spike pile driver. Awesome. I don't know where Arn fits in because Arn came out and kind of did like, am I in on this? Because him and Tully were in the original Horsemen. Um, MJF going back to singles. Who knows what they're doing with Sean Spears. Not real out of mic time. We have tag team and the FDR. Um, but the inner circle are now officially faces, I guess, even though they've kind of been the anti-hero this whole time. Um, you love to boo them and you boo to love them. This, you know, I love Inner Circle. I never liked MGF in it to begin with, so I'm glad it's technically over. And we're definitely going to get a four-on-four. Four. We're definitely going to get, you know, Wardlow had a clean win over Jake Hager a couple weeks ago, um, but we're still going to get this giant collision of the biggest factions AEW has. Um, and then that has to be over, and I don't know where to go. Um, much better show than Revolution, uh, hands down. 
if I gave Revolution a seven, this is a fucking ten for a TV time show. All right, I love it. So you see, basically, these are the closing chapters happened in Revolution. These are the new chapters that have just begun. And yeah, the, the answers that I wanted to get out of Revolution, you got it. You got it. I got a dynamite, got a dynamite, except for the Darby Allen Sting thing, which they right. didn't even address each other. Essentially, right. Sting just said, "Oh, Darby's a good kid," and then they moved on to whatever else he said. I wasn't even paying attention. Right. Um, yeah, and then we obviously got Christian Cage challenging for the title for Kenny Omega. That can't happen soon, otherwise that chapter is going to be over quicker than you opened it. Because you um, have Eddie Eddie Kingston versus Eddie Kenny Kingston first. promo. Yeah. God damn it, Eddie Kingston promo. Oscar goes to Eddie Kingston, man. Oh man! Don't forget John Moxley too, man. Moxley too. Moxley knows his place. He knows when not to talk and let the room breathe. And Kingston does not stop breathing. He does not put periods between his sentences. Um, but it makes it real. Makes it raw. Um, we're gonna get Kenny Omega and Eddie Kingston versus the Good Brothers. Um, and that might be the go home for Moxley. I don't know when he's gonna, you know, take his vacation if he even takes it. Maybe it was a complete oversight by all of us that he was ever going to take this, you know, much earned nine to 12 months stay at home. I was thinking maybe he he's delaying the vacation a little bit because of what happened at revolution. And this is their way to kind of, you know, let things die down. And then, you know, then you'll have your payoff where he can take his vacation. Well, my voice cracked. Sorry about that. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I definitely agree. It could be that, but yes, we'll, we'll find out, see what happens, but yes, CK one. Um, Last thing I want to bring up is every week on Dynamite, there is a line of the week. There is a, I don't know if it's scripted, if it's improv, there's something always said. Last week it was turkey tits. I shit myself laughing. I could not scream loud enough at how funny that was. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Tony Khan or Tony Schiavone said something about Impact. He goes like, um, last time I worked, like, it was like, I worked for Impact 25 years ago. And that was the last time I ever showed up on a wrestling program. I was like, bro, he just shut it down, bro. Um, there was something MJF said a couple of weeks before that, that was hilarious. Something about drug dealers. He said something like, oh, why don't you go back and sell drugs? 69 me, Kenny. That's the line. <laughs> I 69. can't All 69. Yeah, How did Kenny. you know that was line of the week was Kenny come 69 me. I was like, yeah, Kenny. He's saying you're gonna that. 69 me, Kenny. That's next believe. level consciousness, of course. It's so attitude era. It's so DX. I love it. I just can't believe. It. I was like, then in my head, I'm like, oh, I knew exactly what he was talking about. It's not about Eddie. You're Kingston. dry humping Eddie Eddie Kingston to dry hump John Moxley in the I middle of the ring. I just was blown away by how funny that was, man. Because he's while, so ch- while you watch serious. sparklers go off, you dry hump John serious, Moxley. Such a serious monotone character that he just. <laughs> I was dumbfounded. Um, and that's pretty much my last thoughts right there is I just, I, I wasn't worried about the, whatever reason the botch was at revolution. I didn't think that was going to be like, like I said, I compared it to the Titus world slide, Mike earlier. This is their one major botch they've had in 16 months. It's not going to make people change the channel. Um, and this dynamite made up for it. And I got some new questions going into next week. And, um, I can't wait to see what the next pay-per-view brings because I know that they know that they're going to have to top it. Yeah. Um, so they always they always do their best to top the previous show. They've been consistently better and better. And Chris, this is the one time they went back once. Your thoughts on Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, no DQ. It's a, a lights that out happened, match. Um, it is. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but we know why it's no DQ because they're both um, sort of in factions. Um, Thunder Rosa... Um, is she she's hanging out with uh, 
Riho and all them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be just a firefight, essentially. Not literally, but like it was a firefight. I love I love Boondock Saints, man. Love you. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yup. Yeah. Um, it was Armageddon yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> you must be the huge freaking guy. Um, yeah, man. Even like I've never I don't want to say I've never been impressed by Lila Rose, but like her work ethic lately, she's putting them over. She's putting the smaller. I'm like, oh, they make it look like she's getting her ass beat. Like she took a bump um, from I forget who it was. Might have been Rio, where she like actually bumped. I'm like, oh shit, she's selling. She's not the indestructible beast that she's led out to believe, and I kind of appreciate that. And now Nyla's on my roster, you know, on my radar as a much higher quality wrestler than a lot of people give her credit for. Dare I say, I go back to our top five last week. I would respectfully put her on my top five underrated wrestlers. Um, but those are my thoughts, man. And I do have to bounce. I got a band meeting of sorts. Anthony, great meeting you, man. I watch your content. Thanks for the shout out. Thank you uh, so much. Wait. Absolutely, man. We do top five every week. If you want to get on one of those, talk to the man with the plan, Ivan. Exactly. I will surely be in contact with you, Ivan, because those top fives, I need some, I need to get in on that one. <laughs> yeah. And we'll even, even, even if it's up to Ivan, let you pick what the content is for that week. We want to get some guests in with curated content where they can pick their top five and we all have to respond. So. Hell Great yeah. You guys, I will see you guys tomorrow with top five most underrated tag teams. Okay. Cool. Peace. All right. <laughs> Whoa, man. That was like an hour of Chris' show. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. It was his show bad. pretty much. I, but hey, he was in a hurry. So I mean, it's okay. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I was a CQ1 you know, director. Um, okay. Well, now, let me go ahead and, yeah, Dynamite, now I want to go ahead and touch bases. Uh, I think very briefly, I think we should. I really want to get to the point that what what was the most shocking one, that new opening chapter. So I'll go with our guest, Anthony. Break it down for us. I mean, overall, your thoughts about Dynamite and what was the most shocking one that you never expected and that did out. Now this new chapter, got, what got you intrigued? So which one is the – which storyline is one that's getting you now more intrigued now with these new right. things are going? Yeah, I mean, Dynamite, like Chris said, definitely made up for Revolution. Um, you know, I gave Dynamite like a 6 or a 7 with everything taken into consideration. This show, I'd have to give like a 9. I thought it was a really good, and for the context of it, to be a show to make up for the other show, I think it did it perfectly. Um, you know, I think it was a good way to kind of tie in the holes of uh, Revolution, including, uh, of course, the final scene with the... Uh, exploding ring um you know eddie kingston did everything he could to really save that and talking about mental health was a really big thing for him and i really like that he uh incorporated that into the story um so i think that was a really good thing there um you know overall it was a really if you're talking the best thing on the show besides maki ito because that was just an amazing segment MGC, I will tell you that when I saw that comment about, you know, comparing Maki Ito to being culturally impacted like China, I was like, this guy is nuts. But I don't think she's there yet, but you have definitely won me over, and I'm a fan of her. I think it'll take some time to adjust the TV and, you know, the whole Dynamite show as it is, but she's definitely on my radar as one of the top women right now. Wait till you see her acting chops. You're seeing <laughs> <laughs> I, you see I, her movies. 
I mean, hopefully we don't get a lot of those microphone bumps that we got on Dynamite, but... Uh, it's like her and MJF. Whatever scripts you could write for them, start writing them now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so besides uh, Makito, of course, I think the biggest thing was the final segment. I mean, that was... I don't really know what to expect from it right now. People are immediately calling it the next four horsemen, but there are five guys and all five of them are really impactful guys, including Wardlow. Um, and if anything, this will be Wardlow's way to break away and ultimately become, um, you know, a top star, which I think that he could be, um, after he gets a haircut because I hate Wardlow's hair. It's a nitpick thing. <laughs> Can't stand it. But anyways, right. um, you know, I think this is going to be, I think it's going to lead to a five on five between both factions, maybe blood and guts. You know, we were supposed to see that match in last please, March. So please. this might be, or they might go stadium stampede again. And it might just become a thing, you know, for uh cinematic stuff. Cause we are still in this, you know, cinematic era of wrestling. Uh, so we might go with that. I don't think it'll be a regular five on five, but I do think that it'll finally end this whole inner circle MJF saga that we've been getting. Um, and I'm looking forward to this team. Like I said, I don't think it's the next four horsemen yet. I think it's, you know, kind of being built as it. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things that you could do with this instead of just branding it, ah, four horsemen. Um, you know, so, I think this is a, also a good way to finally turn Jericho face um, because, you know, with everyone singing this song and, you know, you've kind of getting the, you get little hints that he's turning face, you know, finally just to do it. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna benefit AEW in a lot of ways um, just to have that face legend like Jericho on the roster. Um, and eventually to get Jericho versus MJF would be a really good match, even though we saw it already, but now it's definitely with, you know, better circumstances. Um, so, you know, it's still early to say, I think the last segment was a really good way to put over this new team. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. Um, as far as any, everything else on the show, I mean, you know, I already mentioned the stuff with Eddie Kingston, uh, Christian and uh, Kenny. I've already talked about that, you know, putting a legend uh, part-timer in the spot already is, you know, applying the logic to WWE, not, something that i'm too fond with but depending on how they work it in um it could be a really good showing for uh both christian to finally get a good match under his belt in his return and also to ultimately put kenny over uh with a legend rub like christian so i'm looking forward to seeing where they go with that uh this whole stuff with scorpio sky i wasn't really you know i'm not really too big on uh just because they haven't made me care about scorpio sky to put him on dynamite and to have him in these matches is one thing, but now you have to put him, excuse me, to have him on dark um, in these matches is one thing. That's not going to make me care about someone like Scorpio Sky, who I should be caring about. Uh, so hopefully with this new heel persona with him, uh, I ultimately will care about him and they will, you know, put him in a spot where uh, more interest will be drawn and, you know, to tie in SCU and everything like that. I think it, it could be a cool dynamic with uh, Scorpio Sky as a heel. Uh, besides that, I think that was mainly the show. Uh, you know, Phoenix and Matt Jackson, great match. You know, exactly what you would expect. Pentagon versus, excuse me, Penta versus uh, Cody. It's going to be a 
It's going to be a banger of a match. Um, you know, I was more focused on NXT this week uh, because I usually just base it on, you know, the match card itself. What am I looking forward to most? And obviously NXT this week was stacked and we'll get into that in part two. Um, but, you know, it's always like, what am I focused more on this week? So this week it was NXT, but next week, full two hours i will be on dynamite because there are so many good matches that are going to be happening and Britt baker versus thunder rosa thunder rosa the match that we should have got at beach break in the main event that's a key thing in the main event slot we should have gotten it um you know there we're finally getting it here and i'm very happy about it uh this will be a way to ultimately close out that story i feel uh depending on what they do there um yeah, I, and this is also a really good step in the right direction for the women's division because we've talked, you know, we as in the League of Extraordinary Podcasters has talked extensively about how uh, flawed the women's division has been ever since AEW start. Uh, but now with these signings like Maki Ito and, you know, implementing matches like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, the whole thing with the tournament, even though I would have done things a little differently, um, Overall, they are definitely pushing women's wrestling uh, a lot more than they have been. And from here, I think it's only going to go up. Um, you know, are they going to take over as the best women's division wrestling? No, I think they have a ways to go, um, you know, to beat Smack, uh, beat SmackDown's women division, NXT, uh, Impact, of course. You know, so I think there's a ways to go to put them in the top women's division you know, title, uh, but they're definitely taking some steps in the right direction and they already beat raw and anyone can beat raw. So we're, we're good there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think, I don't think I'm missing anything else from the show. You can let me know if I didn't really talk about anything that was big, no, but that's kind it. of, that's kind of what I got from the show besides the, uh, the NBA, uh, crowd chance being pumped in during Ethan Page's debut, which I was, I was so upset about that. Um, oh my goodness! But, you know, Shaq was uh, taking over in the soundboard. He left the ambulance <laughs> and he uh, was Shaq. found in the soundboard. Um, hey, what's going on? There's me, Shaq. What's going on here? Your your impersonation is godly, Anthony. Oh my God, <laughs> that's the oh best. My goodness. Oh man! Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, that's all I really got for Dynamite. Uh, really good show, and of course, I'm looking forward to this next week. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Honey, Mike, the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I called it. Go back. Last week. What are you talking about? I called it. About what? Oh, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. oh okay. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, I... <laughs> Remind oh, yes. our viewers. And, uh, and... Yes, please. Remind... So, Kenny Omega picked up a hammer right before the cameras went on. He, uh, You can tell he never lifts he, he has never lifted a, a hammer uh, in, in probably ever. I, I called it. I was like, this guy does, looks like he does not know what he's doing uh, with tools. Safety Lo and behold. Safety mask off. <laughs> you should blame your manager, Don Callis. For it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and lo and behold, we got what we got at uh, Revolution. He doesn't need a mask. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you always need a mask no matter what. Uh, but yes, so yeah, I called it. I knew that something was going to happen, right? Uh, so there you go. Um, the sparkles. Honestly, it didn't upset me. It didn't, uh, I didn't feel disappointed by it. Uh, the match itself, because that's what we're there for. We're there for the match. The match itself was entertaining. I enjoyed it. 
start to finish. Uh, and, you know, some sparkles are not going to make me hate AEW, mm-hmm. right? It's just, you know, it was what it was. And um, now we know to keep Omega away from tools. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and uh, let's see. The the Sting segment, you know, I think Lance Archer would will be a if they decide to go in that direction, uh, that'll be an interesting feud. Uh, I, it'll be definitely something huge for Archer. And, uh, you know, for someone like Sting, having a big guy there, uh, you know, it, I feel like he's had good, really good matches with big guys. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh, and I know Chris has mentioned uh, Lance Archer to be one of his guys that he's going to, that he sees being one of the top guys in the future for AEW. And apparently the company feels the same way. So definitely good stuff there. Uh, as for the women's, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to next week's match with, with uh, Rosa and, and Baker. I do like when the, the matches end up or like they, they don't get along and it has to lead to a stipulation. It has to build up to that. And yes, we did not get that at Beach Break, but we're getting it next week. It's been building towards that, right? And that's why I'm not a big fan of uh, pay-per-views being called stipu- you know, by stipulations like Hell in a Cell or Elimination Chamber. Uh, because it has to be built up to it. Like There's no other choice but to put them in there or, or in that kind of a match, uh, you know that it should be that it shouldn't mm-hmm. be a pay-per-view anywho definitely so so yeah so let's see how that goes um it'll be interesting and, and i'm glad that they're doing this with a women's match i feel like there needs to be more stipulations in women's matches i feel like there's a lack of that uh so you know next week should be good Let's see, what else am I forgetting from Dynamite? Well, okay, you're forgetting uh, the, the opening match between... Oh, uh, I, I found it interesting that they mentioned about how few matches uh, Matt Jackson has had in, in his solo career, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I, great match. Entertaining, Ray Phoenix. Awesome, man. You know, I, I, I wish I would have seen him sooner. Uh, but he's here now, and uh, like myself, a lot of other people are watching and uh, are being exposed to these new wrestlers. Uh, and Phoenix is definitely one of those highlight reel guys, you know. So I always enjoy seeing his matches. And on, on a side note, I, I really like how AEW does uh, like weekly or kind of weekly events. Right, like next week is going to be the St. Patrick's Day, um, you know, whatever I forgot what, it, what exactly what it was called, but uh, they have Beach Break, they have uh, all these other names, right? And it, it gives it more of a special feeling, like uh, you know, like it's a special episode, mm-hmm. and it happens often, but not too often where it's it's lost its uh, specialness, right? right so, definitely. you know, uh, I'm definitely all board, all on board for next week. And what about you've been seeing the the inner circle MJF? Oh, how how could I forget? See, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes to show. There's a lot to talk about. Um, yes, inner circle. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. From from what I've known, from around in, in people in my inner circle, right? 
Um, I do think that it was the best move. Why? Like Anthony mentioned earlier, people were singing along the Jericho theme and that's not something that usually happens with heels, right? It's, yeah. it's not a heel thing. So I feel like it's gotten to the point where they had no choice but to turn Jericho face somehow. And I'm sure that Jericho is really enjoying working with Santana Ortiz, Hager, Sammy, or Sammy Hager, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, why, if, why not turn all of them face? And that's exactly what happened. So smart move. I really don't think anybody saw that coming. And, you know, I really find it interesting that MJF is now leading FTR, uh, well, Wardlow, of course, and uh, Sean Spears. Spears. Yeah. So uh, I'm very intrigued about this group. You know, it, it looks cool already to me. Yeah. Um, I did not like the segment itself. I like the idea of everything that's going on, but something about the segment lacked something. Mm. I don't know if it was the crowd or a pop or a yeah. reaction. It yeah. kind of seemed Maybe. all over the place for me. I don't know why. It was just yeah. a lot of things happening. Yeah, something. Something happened or something was missing. So, yeah. But again, the, the whole idea of it, top notch. All right. MGC, floor is yours. Here we go. <laughs> In reference to Jofo. Um, I wonder if maybe uh, I kind of want to bounce off, maybe go in reverse, maybe a little bit, or just out of order. What? Um, a little bit in response to that, I've been waiting for kind of like a new, like major heel faction to kind of take over from the inner circle. Because all over, they don't seem as like vicious as I've wanted them to be. Like despite like that attack on, you know, Papa Buck, you know, that of course, you know, we, I made fun of that. If I took the piss out of that because it's like they emptied a ketchup bottle on him or something. <laughs> so... <laughs> But, it, like, when I think about that, because I'm watching New Japan simultaneously, I was kind of like, like, I had my fingers crossed for Tomatonga and Jay White to just run in and, and start attacking, like, whoever on the on the roster, you know, kind of carve out that new space for a new top heel faction, be, like, vicious, nasty street, you know, all of those things is kind of what I was hoping for. Maybe like terrorize the Bucks, terrorize FTR, terrorize. But now FTR's in that position of being that new top heel tag team. You know, they're more cohesive. They're good at being serious and selling like their aggression and, you know, taking the fun out of it. Taking the fun out of it in terms of like happy go lucky being fancy, you know. But, you know, but. You know, it's, it's not to rule out that Gorillas of Destiny would never show up. So I guess this could be an even another side of the of the coin. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it, if you compare it to, like, what goes on in New Japan, you think of Chaos, Suzuki-Goon, and Los Ingobernables de Japón and Bullet Club. They're all mostly either started out or kind of, like, halftime. Like, I guess th three of those started out as heel factions, one of and come from betrayals one of them is sort of you know still bullet club is still a heel faction remains so mm -hmm. so it could you could still kind of play with that this might be you know AEW's rather than rather than um what would you say well rather than uh four horsemen i would say that's more like you know the bullet club because of the number i guess maybe the the number of members might increase over time because like wardlow and 
you know, the FTR. And I like the, the that they're all wearing black shirts, more or less. Maybe they could kind of play off other things, you know, with the name, right. you know. So and, and Jericho is pretty underrated as a baby face overall. You know, he I mean, he, he does flourish as a, as a heel. But I really during the, the alliance invasion angle, I was always cheering for him to win. You know, he does a very he does a, he does a great job as babyface, and he's really kind of fun. You know, you know, like like kind of the babyface who makes fun of the of the heel is kind of like where Jericho kind of flourishes at the same time. You know, Jericho, fun. Jericho on tri Jericho against Triple H. So we could probably see you know MJF kind of fall into that Triple H versus Jericho role a little bit here. In, in the time being because you know there's going to be the revenge match and you know like you said anthony i'm kind of hoping for that blood and guts to kind of come back come up there's no reason it couldn't you know you could have right. plenty of blood you know as long as it, as long as you wear your mask <laughs> and keep your distance but yeah i i think the other segment pentagon and cody pentagon and cody that's I, it's a new side. I've been wanting to see pen, like more. Once again, give the my like AW is doing more of what I want. More people are doing, more people are cutting promos. More people are getting on the mic. I I popped so much the second Pentagon is like, hey Cody, shut up. <laughs> I was like, yes, finally. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna antagonize them, you should you know get on the mic. Show me your villainness. Like the more like er, like I'd say the microphone er, earns you title shots because as long as you you know as long as you get the crowd interested and as long as you show you could be nasty if as long as you could show your character then you definitely you definitely earned it that's what MJF does and you know Pentagon just showing like hey like you know you won't be able to hold your child in your arms by the time I'm done with you I'm like yes <laughs> you know a little bit you know a little bit of that. Scorpio Sky being vicious, you know, him him kind of showing, you know, they've teased that a little bit. You know, his, his kind of everybody's kind of bringing out that that, you know, Ivan I'll say the ruthless aggression. <laughs> Back to that and um I, I guess some other ones would be, you know, I kind of wish Christian had some mic time cuz he's really good at that. It's too bad they're just kind of playing him off as a strong silent, but I guess the other one, you know, Eddie Kingston on the microphone. Uh, I've been wanting to see Eddie Kingston versus Kenny. Like, I wanted that to be, you know, what I thought it was going to be the other way around with Ket, with Eddie Kingston with the title and taking the title off of Moxley and then Kenny being, like, in a babyface position while, while Eddie was still a, a heel, you know. That's kind of what I thought it was going at. They're still going with this angle, and I'm kind of what... I think when uh, if we go into the archives a few weeks back, it was like Eddie was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't play video games when I was on the streets." Like, see, see these hands. See, like I thought that's you know where, you know, I thought that's where he was gonna go when Eddie was still like full on heel, more or less, right. you know. And now I'm going back to Maki Ito, and every best for last. You gotta yeah, be best for I'm, last. I'm pointing the best for last here. <laughs> You know, I think once again, please announce her from Fukuoka, Japan. You know, the greatest city in the world. 
you know, announcer coming from because, you know, I'd never thought in a million years I would hear Japanese lyrics on American television, you know, yeah. and sung on American television, a J-pop song, you know, sung by Toki Wokaru. And, you know, see, <laughs> she's singing the lyrics and, and, and you know, in a sentence, you know, Vi Vicky Guerrero with the with the kendo stick to the throat of oh Shido while you hear that song being sung. <laughs> Only on a fucking weirds visual right there. Right? <laughs> and, and and the best thing was what JR was saying during it is like, man, if I'd written the book after I'd seen this moment, it would definitely have its own chapter in my book. And like also like JR on commentary was like, well, Excalibur, I bet you don't have a problem ordering at an Asian diner. You don't have too much trouble with that. Like <laughs> that was, I like that. I like that phrase. Like like hearing his kind of like reaction, hearing JR's reaction to Maki Ito is probably like what what I enjoyed the most. And of course, she's headlining. I don't know if we're talking about that in pro wrestling news. She's headlining uh, AEW Elevation against Riho. Yeah. You know, I guess that's Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, I believe. Monday. Monday Elevation's on Monday. That's wow. Great. We'll, we'll talk about that in part two. So the best wrestling on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know the undisputed Maki Army. I maybe is that what I could call it? You know, <laughs> just a little bit, a little bit of all of it. So I it's imagine gonna like, them... it's gonna be like Maki Eo, right? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You gotta throw up like a. <laughs> 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 Boom! With her soft voice, you know, like oh my god. Is she is she Bobby Fish or is she Kyle O'Reilly? Nah, oh no, 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 don't 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 compare. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't do that. No, she's Roderick Ito. Roderick Ito. <laughs> you know, she's, know she's, she's air guitaring. We already know come, that. I imagine them like like I hope those four have segments together though like in like with the roof down and the no five those no those six mm -hmm. those six gals riding together with a top down in the car you know Vicky Guerrero speaking Spanish Maki Ito speaking Japanese you know <laughs> Maki's gonna teach them all the song you they come out the next week they're all singing her song that's what I want <laughs> I'm praying yeah. for it I'm hoping I hope fun. that's what it is oh my god that'd be amazing if that does happen yeah. But yes, I mean, I'm not going to go through it overall because I want to go ahead and save time for part two. Because I want to go ahead. So my thoughts about Dynamite overall was amazing. I'm glad of the fact that new chapters has begun. Do like the I, one thing that people need to keep an eye on, too, that is intriguing to see. Now we're going to see Pac for the first time, even though it's a tag team, now feuding with the Bucks. We've never seen the Pac, Pac and, you know, versus the Bucks, neither one of them. And singles competition so this is something that it intrigues me and i like that opening amazing and overall and um with maquito of course we'll talk about that in part two this pentagon i love this when he's going back to his old school days back to singles competitive i love it i did that's that's when when you're in a trios that's how it's supposed to be i love i love it to be that way to be honest like how we see you know like the new day we see new day as well for example you know okay Kofi's going for the belt for the you know WWE title. You still have you know Big E and Xavier for a tag, or they can switch it off. If they can do that, that like AEW is putting it off, I love it because that's what, that's what it's supposed to be, in my opinion. You're giving everyone else a shot, and, you know. So why not let it go all around? Um, but the, of course, the the main the main event that's 
the switcheroo. I mean, everybody thought it was gonna be Scorpio Sky when he turned heel. Everybody assumed okay, could be maybe could be Scorpio joining with this group. We you know with Tony Blatchard and FTR and Sean Spears. I wouldn't mind that either. It would have been great. But you know, this makes more sense with MJF. Does makes a lot more sense because of the way his character, his arrogance, combines with FTR's. You know, that's your that's your Arn and, and Tolly there back in the days. There goes your MJF, your Ric Flair ones, and of course you have Sean Spears who could be your Barry Windham. You know, he's your Barry Windham one. So, yeah, it's not a comparison too much about you know yeah. the four horsemen. They're they're their own, and I feel like they're this group. Uh, I'm just gonna do wonders, and I'm looking forward to seeing this feud because now not only that, we finally get to see Santana and Ortiz FTR. Yes, remind you that Santana and Ortiz are underrated. They should heavily, heavily, one thousand percent. Exactly, they should be in the title picture by now. But now when I talk about the word underrated all the time, I made a whole (laughs) fucking episode about the word. They are underrated, underused, underutilized. You name it. Oh my goodness, definitely. I think one of the matches in the indies that I'll definitely tell people to check out is the War Kings versus Santana and Ortiz. And I think there was like another two other tag teams that were involved in that. I mean, I guess related to NWA Power, I think Crimson and Jax from the War Kings will be appearing on NWA Power. And once again, that the doors are all open. We could yeah. show we could see anybody turn up, you know. Santana and Ortiz were in that four way tag team match. So many greats. Yeah, and then not only that, I mean, was this specific feud that we're going to see, we're not going to see Sean Spears get more TV time as well. No more on Dark, now Dynamite, mm-hmm. good for him. And now we're going to see more Hager and, and, and Wardlow. I would like to see that. I mean, we, we're for sure, we're going to see Sammy, MJF, but uh, of course, we're going to see Jericho and MJF. But I'm liking this. And not only that, we're already seeing that with the Matt Hardy one as well was – you know, with Dark Order and Matt Hardy and his new crew. So a lot of group, like, you know what? You called it, Anthony. Bloods and Guts could be the next event. Now this is already opening, you know, especially up in Florida. It makes a lot of sense of these factions created. You know, it makes a lot more sense than doing, you know, because that kind of ties into what I was talking about, them not being right away the four horsemen, because there's five of them. And I like that there's a difference from the four horsemen because, you know, with, you know, you had the four horsemen, it was just four of them. But for someone like MJF, if you have a guy who goes through, you know, uh, FTR, Sean Spears, and gets through all of them, you still got big guy back here, Wardlow, that you got to deal with. And going down the story... I don't really know if Wardlow's going to like still being playing second fiddle to MJF. So maybe that's your way to break off Wardlow from MJF and finally have him be uh, the big guy. And then you can do like the four horsemen. But for now, I feel like Wardlow's going to be a very uh, important piece to this faction. And really, whatever they do with them, I'm looking forward to it because this is going to be... It's, it's one of the more intriguing stories that I've seen from them. Yeah. Um, and this is coming from someone who didn't like when uh, MJF was added and Wardlow were added to Inner Circle. I just wasn't feeling it just yeah. because of how much they've been dragging it. But now for this payoff to ultimately come to a head and now you have this 5-on-5 situation, I think it you know suits it very well. Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. And it does make sense with that because with a lot of these factions happening, of course, 
I hope they do, man. And hopefully you're, you're you heard it here first from the title Trump. Anthony, he said it here first. Heard it here. <laughs> he called it out. Blood and guts, if it, if it might happen in fruition, you never know. So stick around, ladies and gentlemen. Part one just ended. We'll go ahead and part two very uh, shortly. Part two will be discussing about the pro wrestling news a little bit. There's, there's not much to talk about, but NXT, because there's a lot to talk about in NXT. Yes, That's sir. Sure. And then we'll talk about, Matt and I will discuss New Japan and update on that. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And right at the end of this video, make sure you click on the next one, which is part two, and enjoy our official sponsor. We'll be right back.